What does Odoo mean? How did you choose that name? Do you want the real answer or the fake one we did for the public? I would like both. <laughs> <laughs> the reason why we are so efficient today is because we have to fight for 10 years without money, trying to do things with nothing. And that forged us to who we are today. One of the cool activities I started was uh, nomoreviagra.com. It was an anti-spam and antivirus. Uh, a nice name, very nice name. All challenge is our community. So today there is 100,000 people living on the door. When you are open source, you cannot hide. I mean, people have access to the source code, they can try it, and so if it's bad, they will notice it. Hi, Odooers. Welcome to this first episode of Planet Odoo, the podcast that will be your check-in for all things about tech, innovation, business, and of course, Odoo. I am Olivier Colson, a developer at Odoo, and your host for this podcast. To start this show the right way, today we decided to tell you about Fabien Pincars, founder and CEO of Odoo. With him, we will uncover the secrets and anecdotes behind his success and journey as an entrepreneur. We will dig into all the ideas and innovations that made Odoo one of the most valuable Belgian unicorns. And if Fabien agrees, mm, he may share some good business practices with us. Hello Fabien. Hello, Olivier. So, we all know you, we've seen you everywhere and everything that is related to Odoo. I mean, it's pretty normal since the, you're the founder, you're the CEO of the company. Uh, so... Uh, you've already given a lot of interviews, but today we'll try to go a bit more into the anecdotes and really the behind the scenes of what Odoo is, what 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 is so special about the company, and really give details about of that, if if that's okay. With yeah, you let's also. do it. Okay, so I suggest we start with uh, your entrepreneur journey and your history, uh, and really how did you become what you are now, and how did you had the idea of building a company like that? Where where did it start? Actually, I didn't have an idea. <laughs> okay. I had plenty of ideas. Most of them didn't work. And one of them worked better than the other. It all started as a student. I was a developer. I developed a lot of things. I developed uh, e-commerce, websites, virus, antivirus, games. Uh, I had an uh, online shop with uh, Linux derivative stuff. And I did plenty, much, plenty of things. And at some point, one of the things worked better than the other. It was uh, management software. Mm -hmm. I, I started with the... Uh, art market, auction house, antique dealers, uh, art galleries. And um, and then I started to do their website and then their management system. But the art market is very bad. They don't have money. <laughs> <laughs> so at some point, I was happy. I mean, I was as a student, I had a revenue like 10,000 euros uh, oh, yeah. per month, which was okay, okay for a student. Okay, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, but still, it was a very complex and hard mar uh, market to grow in. So... I used this market to enter and develop what I wanted to do, the management software. So I developed accounting, uh, inventory, generic stuff. And, and then at some point, I stopped all the other activities and said, okay, let's let's try to refocus only on, at the time it was called TinyRP, but it's Odoo now. Okay, it's fairly interesting because uh, I don't know if everybody is aware in the in the audience, but uh, you're a developer. You told it yourself, you developed it. Not uh, anymore, but uh, <laughs> okay. let's uh, still or have a mindset. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Uh, and I think it makes a difference because, uh, I mean, I mean the, the way you're explaining it is pretty appealing to people like me because I'm a developer too. Yeah, I know. Uh, and, 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 uh, yeah. <laughs> like to uh, uh, work together. Yeah. <laughs> uh, and, and it's really, it's really uh, you're, you're, you, you did it because you liked the product actually and not just because you wanted to do a company. So you did it because you had to, if I get you well. Yeah, I always wanted, I, I, I still remember, uh, you know, Paul Gra Graham from Y Combinator. Mm -hmm. uh, I still remember one of the blogs he wrote uh, like 20 years ago where he said, if you want to succeed something in life, you have to fix a big problem. Like the kind of problems where you need a decade to fix it. Mm -hmm. 
And clearly, um, uh, small and mid-sized companies are totally inefficient. People suffer from that. They have a lot of difficulties. They have to re-encode re data. They don't have access to data. So it's really a, a really complex problem because companies have marketing, uh, inventory, accounting, plenty of different activities. And so what I liked about this idea is that you could have a big impact and it's something where over the next decades, it's, it's going to be always fun because it's so much things to fix. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. And you realized that there were a lot of things that were inefficient in companies and you saw it. What was your first experience, with, first experience uh, saying, telling yourself, oh, it could be better? I think at the beginning, it's not like I, I had a vision. I had no vision at all. Yeah. I was just serving one client and then another one and then another one. And he told me, oh, I have this issue and this issue. And I, I started to fix issues in companies one by one. Mm -hmm. And then, Uh, by um, uh, improving and transforming a lot of companies, I started to see patterns and, and see a lot of things uh, where, uh, uh, to give you some example, take uh, human resources, mm -hmm. recruitment. If you sit to a recruiter next to her or him, um, you will see that 60% of their email is about scheduling meeting. Are you available for an interview, rescheduling, the guy is not there, and so on. So 60% of their email is about scheduling meeting. I mean, mm -hmm. who wants to do that? It's super boring. <laughs> Right. <laughs> like uh, 60% of your time is sending, oh, it's not available anymore. We have to reschedule. Uh, today, you can schedule a meeting on a click. Yeah, sure. Just check the agenda mm -hmm. and schedule a meeting. And so people suffer from that. I mean, it's everyone wants to be efficient. Everyone wants to uh, contribute to the community. And uh, every employee wants to contribute to the company. But when uh, your time is doing 60% of administrative tasks, just scheduling a meeting, you feel... Um, not good at work. Yeah, the value you're bringing is not that huge or you don't feel it like this. Yeah, you could contribute yeah. way more. And so uh, we, I started to fix that. Okay, let's automate this, the meeting of a recruiter. And then I did one by one and I, I, I say why I, but <laughs> we were a big team. <laughs> we, we started to fix issues as we saw them one by one. Mm -hmm. And now that we have this big picture, we see a lot of patterns that are the same in a lot of different SMEs and No, no, the vision become clear, clearer than the, at the beginning. But mm -hmm, still, mm -hmm. it's always helping people do more in less time, helping employees to be to, to be more efficient. That has always been the thing that drives. Yeah, us. that's interesting because we kept the same way of of tackling issues one by one. Uh, Uh, and so that's pretty interesting to see that it was like this from the beginning. Uh, so, of course, it's not the same issues. It's not in the same way. And it's not the same customers. But uh, uh, the, the mindset, uh, I would say, stays the same. Yeah, I think it's one of the things we succeeded at Odoo is that when companies grow, they start to defocus themselves. You always have managers that want to launch this activity, that activity, that department, open this country. I don't know. But most large companies defocus a lot themselves and become bloated and very complex and so on. One thing we succeeded at Odoo is to stay focused. And stay focused for 20 years, it's, it's kind of a, <laughs> a challenge. <Yeah. laughs> and so even though we are uh, not so small anymore, uh, with 2,500 people, uh, we are extremely focused on the client. And we are still all focused on doing things that matter, uh, that help people do more in less time. And we are not defocusing on things that are not that much valuable. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Okay, I would like to go back to the to the first customers you were talking about. So we were talking about art sellers, uh, dealers. Are they are they still using Odoo? Those, those those first customers are they still there now? Yeah, I'm always afraid to see a, a open ERP version 4.1 <laughs> running <laughs> since years on a server that nobody has access to. <laughs> Unfortunately, they are still using it, and it runs. Huh? And suddenly they want to migrate. Yeah, <laughs> and, and it's it's impressive because think about it. Um, The same software ran for 15 years. Yeah. So that means that there were no memory leak. Yeah, yeah. No memory leak, nothing, because nobody managed these servers and, and it's still running. So even at the time, it was already uh, 
quite efficient. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm, mm -hmm. How did you get in touch with those first customers? Because as a student, uh, it's something I would say a lot of people don't really know where to start this kind of things. Where did you get the contact? How did you do that? It depends on which activities. Uh, one of the cool activities I started was uh, nomoreviagra.com. <laughs> it was an anti-spam and antivirus. Uh, nice name, very nice name. It was super cool. So you had a SMTP um, IMAP or POP server okay. to get your email. At the time, Gmail didn't have, uh, didn't exist. So. And so you just added .nomoreviagra.com to your pop server on your IMAP server, and then all the email came to my server, were filtered, and you only received the right ones. Mm -hmm. The idea was pretty cool. The onboarding was extremely efficient. You didn't have to sign up or anything. Just add a domain name on your server, and it filtered the, the spam and the, and, and, and the viruses. Um, and then I to, to, to deploy that, I printed fol uh, folders, like I think it was 10,000 folders that I wanted to distribute in Louvain-la-Neuve in every student's room in Louvain I never did it and I did that for nothing and I had zero clients. <laughs> <laughs> That's <laughs> one of the first. For the um, uh, Linux stuff, I promoted online. There were large communities of open source fans because I, I was a lot in the open source communities and things like that. Mm -hmm. uh, everything I developed was open source. I'm still today passionate about open source. And there I started with communities I knew and so I saw a t-shirt with Linux logo printed on it and it worked online because of these communities. Okay. For Odoo, it, the first management software I sold, I was pretty young, it was 13 years old. Uh, it was friends of my father. <laughs> so they wanted something, I said, okay, I'll, I'll do it. Mm -hmm. and then I did a few friends of my father and then I did my father who has an auction house. Um, so it kind of depends. And for the management, the Odoo of today, I used the art market where I was selling uh, 15,000 art objects per month. So I was bigger than eBay.be. Mm -hmm. I developed websites for them. And I used this mar market uh, to leverage on, on, on my client to sell the management software. And that allowed me to kickstart developing an ERP. Um, what they needed, I could have done it in two months. So just managing auction houses is very easy. But I did it in one year because I started to do an accounting, an inventory management software, all the things I needed for the future. Yeah, you, take, you took the opportunity yes, to just Yes, and I used them and to leverage. And as soon as it started to work, I, I switched to other segment of the market. Very interesting. Uh, and as a student, how did you manage to handle both lives? Because you had your studies, you had the product. I don't think I managed very well because I ended up with a cirrhosis. So my oh. liver is dead. <laughs> Basically, I drank too much beer. <laughs> but... Um, I, I was passionate at all. So when you are passionate, you don't count the hours. You just yeah, you develop spent a lot. Your nights and, on it and yeah. uh, just made it work. Yeah. Okay. And so it never occurred to you that you might give up one or the others. Uh, uh, well, weren't you down sometimes to see the amount of work uh, you, you had to do for both your students', students life? and uh, professional life and also maybe personal things you would like to achieve outside of that? Uh, weren't there moments where you were like, well, it's too much. I should stop one or the other. Uh, actually, I nearly stopped the study <laughs> <Okay>. <laughs> to, because I was doing so many things uh, either on the student and parties yeah, side of the, the student life thing, yeah. or uh, to the business side uh, if I have my degree now it's because of Anthony or CTO okay um, tell us a story <laughs> <laughs> I don't know if I say it's a kind of story <laughs> <we should> not, <laughs> <laughs> but maybe okay let's try um, so I was in my last year and it was I I, I doubled so I didn't I give my um, how do you say that the, the um, final thesis I didn't give my final thesis so because I was doing so yeah. much of okay. other things and that, that didn't interest me at, at all and I still have four uh, exams to do and I decided uh, it was, uh, so I, I didn't present my exam in, uh, in September, so I had to do it in August. 
Uh, no, in um, June, so I had to do it in the second session in August. I, di I, I didn't watch the calendar of when wired the, the exam, <laughs> so I decided not to go. Okay. And at some point, Anthony told me uh, in the middle of the session, he told me, no, you have to go. You have to check if your exams are this week. And oh, fortunately, all my exams were in the second week and not on the first. <laughs> it, it was really so you could catch up. <laughs> so I could catch up. I passed my exam, the four exam, and I, was, I get my diploma. And after that, I had nightmares for maybe six, ten years of me not being <laughs> getting Whoa. the degree. So I was like, oh, yeah, it yeah, was it's right. right you did it. <laughs> it was a good thing to get. <laughs> even though at the time I was not even thinking about it, I, it could have destroyed uh, at least my, my ego. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I guess it's important. Uh, well, thank you, Anthony. Then. Uh, okay, um, let's go back to the, the way Odoo started to grow. So uh, there was a first fundraising, uh, if I'm right, in 2011. Yeah, 2010. It's actually very late. Most companies raise money much be before. <laughs> we were already a 100 employees at the time. But yes, the first one was 3 millions of euros in uh, 2010. Okay. And how did it go? How was the contact with the investors? How, how did you get in yeah, touch to with understand, them? To understand why we did that, we have to understand where we were at the time. Uh, I, all, I, all, I have always been passionate about open source. Everything we, I did was open source. Everything we developed was open source. Mm -hmm. And so at the time, our management software were fully open source. And we were selling services. So we were kind of uh, asking clients, what do you want? And we develop everything you want. Mm -hmm. And when you do that for uh, seven, seven years, you get a, a software that has tons of features, everything people ask for, but uh, that is ugly and complex, uh, like an Hydra with 10 heads. You can imagine oh. <laughs> the kind of things. So uh, we were like, okay, selling services to develop the software is not the right thing to do because we only develop what the customer needs, but uh, what the customer asks for. But in order to develop a product that is simple and clean, we shouldn't listen to customers. We should invest in research and development. Mm -hmm. But you cannot do that with, a, with the margin of a service company. The margins are too, too tight. Uh, so we had to do a pivot in the business model. Okay. And so, okay, uh, so we decided to stop all our services activities from one month to another. Uh, but that was all source of revenue, so it was not possible. In order to do that, we, we had to raise money uh, so that we could... Uh, have time to to redefine the business model and mm -hmm. and switch to another business model would we that would be based on a subscription selling maintenance contract maintenance is like support bug fix and upgrades mm -hmm. um, so we had to do this fundraising to do the pivot in our business model and we did that we stopped all our service activities started to open a network of partners so the partners would do the service mm -hmm. and we we started to sell support contracts and uh, we needed three millions of euro in order for the time to do the switch because we stopped revenue from day one to day two until we get enough support contract to support uh, our uh, costs. Okay, and yeah. you had second fundraising a few years later. Uh, yeah. Uh, yeah, and then it turns out that when you sell support contract, uh, people are very happy the first year because it's a yeah. risky year with implementation. And the second year, uh, all our customers tell you, your product is great, I love it, I'm using it, but I don't need support okay. because it works. <laughs> <laughs> and so the business model was very, very bad. Mm -hmm. We tried to survive with that, but we, we came to a point where we had no cash, we couldn't pay developers. Um, we had a lot of difficulties for a few months and years, or so really try, and at some point we said, okay, no, it, the, the business model does, just doesn't work. Customers don't, don't, don't want to buy support, and some ones, but the partner were selling the support themselves. So even for the customer who wanted, they could buy the support to the partner. So it was extremely difficult to sustain investment in research and development. That's what I wanted to do, build a product with the revenues of a support mm -hmm. uh, uh, company. 
So we had to do another switch in the business model, which was to go on the cloud. That's what we call Odoo Online today. Yeah. And uh, to refocus on uh, what we would say an open core business model where we, we would sell a few uh, features. And the, the, uh, today it's 20% of our features that are in Odoo Enterprise and 80% is open source in Odoo Community. And to do this switch, it, it would also cost a lot of money uh, because we needed to clean the software so that it, it gets more accessible, more simple to use in the SaaS. We had to launch the SaaS cloud platform and so on. So it costed a lot of money. And at the time, we had we didn't have money anymore. Mm -hmm. So we raised 7 million of euros okay, okay, okay. to do this second pivot. And that's where the magic started to, to really work, I would that's, say. Yeah, and I think it's the time you joined. So maybe you are yeah, part of the magic. Just, just, <laughs> just after. So the, the fundraising one was 2014. Yeah. Uh, I joined in uh, 2016. Yeah, so you were part of the magic. <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> Uh, but indeed, I, I remember that we talked about that when I entered Odoo and um, uh, that it was really starting to, you could feel that it was starting to work, actually. Yeah, we, uh, the, the, the thing is, for us, it was a massive transition because over the past 10 years, we were close to bankruptcy. <laughs> when we got the 3 million of euros, we, we had like one year where we were, we were comfortable. But the rest, six years, was close to bankruptcy. We couldn't pay salaries. The business model was not working. We needed tens or hundreds of developers to develop such a product because the product is large and complex. Mm -hmm. Uh, but we didn't have revenues to for our ambitions. Mm -hmm. And when we did the switch to the business model and went to an open core, it was very hard for me because I always praised the community, we will always be 100% open source. That's mm -hmm. what, what I wanted mm -hmm. to do. I always refused to, to, to develop proprietary features. Um, but when we did it, it completely saved us and it allowed us to grow 10 times easily. And the small part that was proprietary, what, what only 20% of what we did, uh, was enough to uh, finance the 80% that were open source. Mm -hmm. So on one side, uh, that's something I never wanted to do. On the other one, it allowed me to contribute 10 times to the open source community because we have 10 times more developers mm -hmm. now. Mm -hmm. So it's kind of a massive uh, improvement. It was a big mistake for me. Uh, I think one of the biggest mistakes I've done. Actually, the biggest mistake was how I managed the expectations of the community more than switching because switching was necessary. It was actually a very good thing. Uh -huh. But um, yeah, that's what I was, I was going to ask. Actually, how did they react when you told them? Well, actually, it will not be very fully bad. Open source <laughs> yeah. Very bad, and I understand. I mean, they they were right. So for ten years, we tell you we are open source. We will always be open source. We will never do proprietary. Proprietary is bad, bad, bad. And and then they joined us because of that. that we were aligned on these values and so on. And at some point, uh, me, the founder, tells them, "Oh, guys, sorry, I, I was wrong." And I was really wrong. Nothing was planned. I had no other options if I wanted the, the software to survive and, and be someone in this very uh, competitive market. And I told them, no, it doesn't work. If you want to grow and be someone uh, really ERP like Microsoft Dynamics SAP, we have to do it in another way. And so I deceived uh, everyone. Everyone was deceived. And, and so uh, everyone started to complain and bash or do all communities. So it was very hard emotionally for us. Mm -hmm. uh, but they were right. I mean, we, I think looking back, if I have told the community, okay, today we are open source, we are not sure we will stay open source, we'll try our best, mm -hmm. but it's possible that we get proprietary in order to finance the open source developments. If we have been clear at the early beginning about that, I think the community would have understood. Yeah, because they would better. have been prepared to. Yeah, but there we, we sold them a dream that actually was impossible. Mm -hmm. And so we deceived them, and then we, they were very hard on that. And, and I understand. The issue is that I, I, I couldn't have known. I mean, I wanted to do 100% open source. We, we always wanted to do that. It just was not possible. And also bad, bad, bad thinking because actually we can contribute 10 times more 
No, because we have a way to sustain and finance the development. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Okay, uh, uh, so you've you've said a lot that uh, uh, you believed in open source. Uh, could you tell us a bit more about that? So uh, w where does it come from, if you remember? Why do you believe that much in open source? Um, I believe it's a very good development model. It's fun, I mean, to work with communities and not being in your closed uh, group of people. It's, it's great. I also believe it's not a good business model. So that's why we had to have an open core business model. So we do it because we think it's a good business, uh, development model and because we like working with communities and we think it's good uh, for everyone. We have a free version of Odoo uh, for the ones who cannot pay for the enterprise version um, to help us in some countries. That I, I think it's great for, I mean, knowledge should be shareable. Knowledge should be accessible to anyone. Knowledge and software is knowledge. Mm -hmm. Um, so this is something important for me. I, I don't know where it comes from, but I've always done this. I, I never used Windows, not a single day in my life. <laughs> not a single day. Yeah, it's, you know, when you are a developer, you always have a friend that tells you, hey, my computer is broken. And, yeah, yeah. and they call me and they just <laughs> put me in front of, I don't even know I how to put the Wi-Fi. <laughs> <laughs> because I started directly from Microsoft DOS to, uh, <laughs> to Linux. Uh, so I, I never did something else. Um, yeah. Okay, so yeah, that's really part of your DNA. It's, uh, uh, yeah, from, and from I, the very I did beginning. it because I liked that at the beginning. And now it turns out that it's a very, very good business model. But it took me 15 years to understand mm -hmm. that. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Okay, um, so about the way we make uh, uh, Odoo evolve, uh, how do you know where it's important to start something new or to change something? Where do you do, do get inspiration for really new things and things that are going to, you know, the, the, the killer feature for the next version? Where, where do you get the idea for that? But that's the great thing about being open source or open-minded or transparent, it's both of all of the things, is that we work with communities. So we get feedback from all around the world. We have a lot of knowledge around us. So we forge our own opinions, me or the product owners or you as a developer, everyone forges its own opinions. But we evolve much faster than traditional companies because we work with all these great guys all around the world that tells us feedback and things to do. And so we, it's only about participating, being open. And if you are open with communities and, and your customers and your, your vendors, then you start to get insight of things that are not working, things they need. And based on that, you start to think about what could be the solution. And it's not me. Huh? We are a group of product owners. And the way we are organized at Odoo, the developers bring a lot of uh, value too. So it's really a matter of discussions between product owner and, um, and Let's developers. elaborate a bit more about that because that's, that's interesting. Uh, I, I heard you say on another podcast that Odoo was a special company and that everybody says that about their company, but uh, uh, that for us it was true. Could you explain really why? Because you said it a little here, but I want to hear the details. I think we can ask you the question, is it true? <laughs> is it true? Do you, how do you feel about it? Because you are like Odoo since a few years. <laughs> well, it's true, yeah. <laughs> okay. Now, I really believe that every company tells you that we are autonomous and responsible and uh, all people evolve. Uh, but at Odoo, it's true. And in most companies, it's not. And um, yeah, and I think it's because we are not about hierarchies, management layers. There is not that much politics at Odoo. There is, we are all focused on doing something good. Uh, developers develop, consultants try to implement, product owners try to think about the ideas. But everyone is uh, well focused on his job. And so we can evolve by doing, by doing things. What helps us too is that everything we do has a massive leverage. We work on millions of users because we are open source. We have customers in 140 countries. So it's very rewarding also for us that small thing we do is used by mm -hmm. millions mm -hmm. of people. Not a lot of companies can say that. 
And we have a culture where we trust people. And because we trust them, we can, we can give them high responsibilities very early on in their career. Mm -hmm. Like a consultant, when he started to do, he directly get a project. And he's alone and responsible on this project, on the SME, to transform the company. Because what we do is transforming companies. So it's not a small thing. It's uh, sometimes a, a matter of um, life and death for these companies. Um, yeah, so I think it's that we are good at uh, being open, collaborating together, it, and working together, autonomy, responsibilities, and, and a lot of evolution for people mm -hmm. because we are surrounded by a lot of good information. Mm -hmm. And so I think there is a, a big management decision, you know, in order. So you might say, okay, it came naturally, but uh, 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 it is a management decision to maintain this kind of, of sphere uh, around people where the dialogue is very, very important and where everybody is encouraged to challenge pretty much everything all the time if they don't agree. Uh, is it something that you decided early on or it just came and you, you, you were like, okay, actually, it's really cool like this, so let's keep it? Um, I think we have been like that since the beginning, but at the beginning, it was not formal. We couldn't put a word on it. It's just the way we were. Yeah, it was few people and you were yeah, discussing when you start, them, the, the, the culture is you. Mm -hmm. And when you start <laughs> to recruit your first five employees, yeah. the culture is still you because it's you that talk to them and that's forged the culture. And then you start growing up and as you become a mid-sized company, the culture is not you anymore. It's the managers that manage teams and, mm -hmm, and mm -hmm. so on. And so um, we wanted to keep uh, that spirit that was very good. So we actually, you're right, we invested a lot in keeping the culture as the culture became not me, but managers or team leaders and, and everything. So we did a lot of things like a, a culture book, uh, the survival guide for doers. Uh, we do some training for managers. We, and we are strict about the culture. If we, want, if we see someone who is doing politics, or wants to grow and become a manager because of hierarchies. You want to manage people. And that kind of thing, we, we kill them uh, as soon as we see them. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> so we are extremely strict to ensure that as we grow, we, we, we keep the same spirit. Mm -hmm. Yeah, very interesting. And it's true that from an internal point of view, I totally agree. And it's, it's, it's funny to see how we managed to keep that despite the fact we grew a lot. Uh, uh, my team doubled size on the, on, on the last year. And actually, you wouldn't believe it, but it's possible to maintain this. this, this yeah, this you still feel like a small yeah. team. Where I remember when, we, when you joined, I think it was one year after you joined, you tell me what I like about to do is that I can be who I am. I can dress the way I like to dress, yeah. and you were like in this black with spikes. <laughs> not spikes, but I definitely <laughs> saved that. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And I you told me I really like to do because I am who I am. Uh, I can be myself. I don't have to play the role of a good employee. <laughs> I don't know. Yeah. And I, I remember you told me that. A yeah, few years ago. it's true. That it's something. Uh, so, so I'm talking about my life a little bit now. But uh, <laughs> uh, uh, it's really something that was uh, worrying me when I, I graduated from university. I didn't want to be hired by some company for which I had to become someone else. Uh, uh, I was me and I was fine with that and I had uh, skills and I wanted a company where I could be myself without having to change and, uh, and just, uh, you know, uh, get into the little box that they designed for you. This was, this was definitely something I didn't want. Uh, so, yeah, uh, thank you for and that. I think Odoo is a bit like that. It's, it could be seen as a group of friends with a common objective. Yeah. We have uh, an objective. It's clear. We, we know what we want to do. But we work like a, a group of people uh, like you would have at the university. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, that's, that's what I was saying also at the beginning, you know, when family asks you, oh, how's it going in your new, your new job? And I, I was just telling, saying this very, very simply like that. Uh, uh, it feels like a very good student project where you're friend where, with everyone and everything is working, you know, not, so not, not the bad sometimes ones. Not, uh, but sometimes not. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> but uh, eventually everything is working <laughs> better. Yeah. <laughs> Okay, I don't know if you have one, but maybe do you have an anecdote where this way of challenging everything uh, really changed what you would have done? Uh, uh, so a big decision that was made because of someone that 
didn't agree at all and uh, who spent time to really discuss it and be like, oh, no, no, we shouldn't do that. Uh, I'm sure you have a plenty with me. We oh, disagree, there are, there are we disagree plenty for everything. <laughs> <but>. <laughs> um, I think every day we have disagreement. Uh, sometimes we even shout against each other. Not me because I'm, it's not my character, but there are some people that to do that, that you could hear them from three offices away. Definitely. <laughs> uh, from three rooms away uh, because they shout. And I always think to myself, if people are shouting and things like that, it's actually because they care. Mm -hmm. uh, yeah. And we allow them to be okay. It's their character, which it's better not to show it on others. But <laughs> some uh, can can deal with that. But most of the time, when it happens, when we disagree, when we talk about two hours on a topic, or even when it becomes a, with a lot of tension, it's because we care. And we start to think about that. Is that actually very positive? It's because we care. It's because people can express themselves. They are not afraid of shouting on their managers. Or, uh, and when you get to that kind of environment, it changes the relationship. And it's only about what's good to be done for the project. It's about trying to be rational and not about who's right or, mm. or well, decisions, yeah, not politics, decisions for my career. Really for the product, yeah. And we, we try to, to, to do that. Uh, I think for a large part, we succeeded. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Uh, so we like to do things in a very disruptive way. So recently, for version 16, you changed the pricing. Could you tell us a bit more about that? So not really into the details, because you can, we're going to talk about that in another episode. But uh, uh, your opinion on that, how did we decide that? And, and why is that a good idea? So it started with a problem. And the problem we had was, um, although it was used by ver very small companies, one users, uh, and also very large companies, thousands of users. And the average price contract we had with single-users uh, companies, self-employed people, was around 100 euro per user, mm -hmm. <laughs> because it was a lot. Um, on the other side, the old pricing was 18 euro per user for the large companies. And at the end, um, it, 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 it's not fair. I mean, uh, small companies pay way more than a large company per user. It doesn't seem fair. 100 euro for a self-employed person was too much. You just need a few app, uh, maybe a website and an invoicing and quotation. 100 euro per month, it's way too much for a self-employed person. On the other hand, uh, 18 euro uh, for large company per user per month was nothing. We had customers like when we told them, yeah, but that's one extra user. I've seen a CFO getting a 20 euro bill from this pocket and saying, here it is. <laughs> here is my 20 euros. <laughs> that's, uh, uh, that we don't care. <laughs> and so we want to uh, rebalance that and say... Um, we, we, we wanted to have small and mid-sized companies pay less, uh, much less, and large companies to pay a bit more. Uh, that would be more fair. And on the other hand, that was one of the problems we, we wanted to fix, and we fixed, actually. And the other one we had is that Undo is very large. You have applications for everything, website builder, accounting, inventory, but also productivity applications that are quite great, like uh, managing human resource or e-sign, where you can sign documents, uh, digitalize all your documents in the company, mm -hmm. document management, and things like that. And most of the companies uh, I, I met, or the customer I met, they were using like 10, 20% of Odoo, the core applications like uh, accounting, sales, purchase, inventory. But they were not using e-sign, document management, knowledge management, all that kind of things. So we were underused. Mm -hmm. And so we wanted a price uh, that allows people to uh, use way more without having the barrier of, I need to ask the purchase department if they are uh, agree okay to, to buy the 16 euro you yeah. have to pay for the e-sign. And so that's what we did. We did a single price where all the applications are included to be sure that uh, our customer uh, use more the software. And actually, we reversed the logic. Before the logic was, we will sell apps. The more, you, the, the, the more a company uh, uh, wants to use apps, they will, pay, they will have to pay more. No, 
the logic is completely the opposite. We give the app for free, and because we give them apps for free, like if you give a human resource app, then the human resource department start to use the system and you get more users and you get more because you gave the mm -hmm, app for free. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. So that's the new logic with it. Yeah, they have an additional incentive to try the features and when they say it's working, they pay for it. Yeah, okay. we believe the upsell will come by the fact that we will offer things. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm, mm -hmm. And the, the, the results are amazing. Huh? We were at 1,200 new clients per month two months ago. And now we are 3,400 new clients Ooh. per month. <laughs> well, <laughs> I think it's a lot of small clients, so the revenue are not that much. <laughs> That's a big of an issue, but... Uh. Mm, uh, hopefully they will grow. Uh. Yeah. <laughs> okay, uh, so it's a decision for the future of, of Odoo, of course. And what challenges do you see for, for our future now? Uh, what will be difficult for us and what will we have to tackle? Um, I think they are the same than, than a few years ago. Um, we have to continue growing while st keeping staying where who we are. Uh, we have to keep the same culture, mindset, relationship between people while we grow ten times. So th that's the challenge: being twenty-five thousand people, but still feel like we are SME working together in small groups and being efficient, focused on a common goal rather than defocusing on other things that are less valuable. That's one thing. And the other thing is always the same. What we do is we help uh, people to do more in less time. In companies, we make employees more efficient. Um, and we, we provide tools, productivity tools for any position in the, uh, for every department in the company. And that's what we have to continue to grow. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. The success of Odoo is that uh, we, it's the product. We offer a lot of features at an affordable price. And we have to keep growing on these two axes. M more feature, more productive, more efficient, faster and at a lower price. Mm -hmm. So we'll continue pushing on these two directions in the future. Okay, okay. So about our marketing strategy, you told it uh, a little earlier that education was the key. Uh, and it's true that the way we, we, we do things, we don't often, we don't, I think, uh, pay other people to talk about us. We don't do sponsoring. And we really try to no, do, we do things that... Uh, we do a bit. Yeah, oh. we started six months ago, we started influencer marketing. Ah, yeah, that's And it's quite bit. quite cool, actually. But uh, yeah, it, you're right that uh, we, we did it quite late. Most mm -hmm. companies would mm -hmm. have done it earlier. But even there, we try to have something, if I remember well from the, the discussions I had with marketing people, we try to have uh, influencers that, ha that have uh, a link with what, with what we are doing. It's not just, uh, oh yeah, we put it there and, and yeah. people will buy the it. The whole right? marketing of Odoo is um, based on the fact that all challenge is our community. So today there is 100,000 people living on Odoo who are developing, selling or doing consulting on Odoo. It's 100,000 jobs. We know that in a few years, this, this is going to be 500,000 people whose job is to sell, develop, or uh, do things on the do. Mm -hmm. So we know that um, uh, we'll have to train 400,000 people all around the world to deliver service, and we want them to be good when they develop or deliver service. So it's a key challenge to, to train people, you're right. Mm -hmm. So everything we do in marketing is around that. It's not about pushing our logo or brand visibility. We don't care about that. It's more about educating people. So most of our marketing activities are about create, creating content uh, like e-learning uh, or blogs for the community. Um, it's about um, with, with influencers, we try to uh, explain some of the apps we do. It's not about pushing our logo. It's always about what are the value, why we do it that way, doing some webinars. Mm -hmm. And so the marketing activities around that is about educating. Yeah. Uh, and everything we did, like the Labodo or uh, the scale-up that we do for uh, universities so that they can organize uh, courses on Odoo, it's always about uh, educating people and not about pushing a logo. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. So yeah, we, we really want to get people uh, in, into the thing instead of just in attracting them with fancy, fancy, nice-looking yes, things. Yes, the way I see it is that um, 
the R&D, research and development, they create value. It's our product. The marketing, they explain this value. That's the way I think. The marketing also creates value they ex by teaching, explaining, educating. But that's the role of a good marketing department is to create value as the R&D is creating value in the product. The marketing is creating value for our community. Mm -hmm. And I think it's a very, very interesting way of doing it again because you feel this, this transparency uh, about the product. So we, we, we sell it as it is by explaining it because we know it's good. Uh, mm -hmm. uh, and it's something that we feel a bit everywhere in, in, in the company. And when you're open source, you cannot hide. Yeah, people yeah. have access to the source code, <laughs> they can try it. And so if it's bad, they will notice and it. And even for the enterprise modules, I mean, uh, RunBot is accessible for everyone. Anyone can try it. Yeah. Uh, even try the GitHub account for everyone who pays, so millions of people, mm -hmm. they have access to the GitHub mm -hmm. account. Mm -hmm. So for, we can't hide anywhere. Uh, <laughs> and it's better like this. Uh. Okay, about our growth a little. So we raised money, we said it, but not that much if we compare it to other companies of our size. How would you explain that we managed to do it with uh, that little money? So it's a few millions though. Uh, but uh, uh, I think it's because we suffered. <laughs> <laughs> and also what we do is something you build over the, a few decades. It's not something you can build in two, three, five years. I mean, management software are complex, companies are complex. And making uh, companies fully integrated while keeping things simple is extremely complex. And so that's the kind of things that, that you need to build over 10, 20, 30 years. And so we, did, we didn't have any other options. You can raise funds and recruit a lot without having revenues if you plan to do that for three or five years. Mm -hmm. If you want to, to play the long game and still be there in 20, 30 years with a great product that transformed the world, you have to, you have to play the safe way. You have to be uh, sustainable financially. You have to be sure you can pay all your salaries because uh, especially in these moments where every valuation are crashing, nobody can raise money anymore. We are very happy to be uh, self-sustained uh, and continue our growth and continue helping our customers. So it's a matter of, um, because we play the long game, we had to do it also financially, mm -hmm. which is, uh, even though we have, we have had a lot of years close to bankruptcy, we, we were never far away from being uh, profitable or at least at equilibrium. Mm -hmm. And how did this suffering influence uh, Odoo or the mindset, the way of working? Yeah, I, I think you, you get a point here. Um, if Odoo is, we are extremely efficient. I mean, there are not a lot of companies that uh, as as efficient as we are. We have only a few people to do a lot, of, a lot of things in pretty much every department. And the reason why we are so efficient today is because we have to fight for 10 years without money, trying to do things with nothing. And that, that forced us to who we are today. Um, when you raise money, when you get 10 millions of euros, you can recruit, you can spend money in exhibitions, in marketing. Mm -hmm. We couldn't do that. We had to do with the minimum we had. We had to pay all the salaries. It was hard at the end of the month. And so it forced us to be extremely efficient, to be cost savvy, to, to invest only where it's needed and not invest where it's not needed, to cut every inefficiencies. And that's something that we have done for 10 years. We, we really had a lot of years close to bankruptcy. And so if we are efficient today, it's because of these hard times. Mm -hmm. It's, it's really, uh, uh, thanks to that. So it was, we didn't notice it while we were suffering and close to bankruptcy. We were like, oh, it's hard, it's hard. Uh, but no, uh, if I look back, I'm very happy that we went through these difficult phases uh, because uh, if it's one of the reasons why we are extremely competitive today and it's one of the reasons why the other competitors won't be able to compete on the price, on the features with us because they don't have that. Mm -hmm. Most of the companies of our size, they are bloated and large and complex and slow to decide and they spend money here and there. So they will never be able to afford a software at 19.90 uh, 19 euro uh, per user and per month that cover all your business needs and that's simple and it's super fast every year. 
for that, you need an efficiency that, that is uncommon. Mm -hmm. Okay, so I suggest we just end the, the interview with a few, uh, I would say, lighter questions. Uh, so there, I have some about you, but I have two others that I hadn't asked, and I'm curious to have the answer, actually. Odoo changed name a few times. So, uh, so at the beginning, it was a tiny ERP, open ERP, and then uh, finally Odoo. What does Odoo mean? How did we choose that name? Do you want the real answer or the fake one we did for the public? I would like both, actually. <laughs> <laughs> Let's start with the, the fake one. When we released the, the, the change of the name, it was OpenERP before, and we had to switch to Odoo. Uh, the, the message we said to the press was, we analyzed every company in the IT sector uh, based on their valuation. And if you do a graph uh, of the, all the companies on the number of O they have in the name mm -hmm. and their valuation, you had like a graph that is growing like crazy, like zero, it was quite low. One O, it was mid-size. And the companies who had two O's in their name was exploding. So maybe that was the key. That was that, what yeah, everything. Because you had, uh, you, you had uh, Google, uh, Microsoft, Salesforce.com, they all had two O's mm -hmm. in the name. <laughs> um, and so we said to the press, look at this graph. I mean, <laughs> zero, one, two O's growing. So we decided to put three O's in the name. <laughs> That was the fake okay. thing, but it was funny and the press uh, used this information, so it worked. Yeah. Um, the real answer is uh, I did two mistakes. The first one was to call it tiny ERP. Mm -hmm. And then large clients were telling me, uh, why did you call it tiny ERP? I don't want to invest millions of euros in, in tiny something that's tiny. Yeah. <laughs> and especially if you want to go to the US, for Americans, you have to be big. You don't have to be tiny. So we had to change the name. And then we named it uh, Open ERP. And then uh, some IT companies uh, were not pro-open source. I mean, when you buy an accounting software, the license doesn't matter that much. So open source was not perceived very mm -hmm. positively mm -hmm. in these areas. So open was not great. It was okay, but it was not great. And ERP was bad. I mean, everyone imagining uh, the ACP, which is very bad, and everyone has bad experience with that kind of software. So we wanted to, be, to not be compared with them anymore. So open ERP was a bad name, so we had to change again. And because we did the mistake two times of choosing a bad name that meant something, we said, okay, first time we pick a name that doesn't mean anything so that at least we don't do a mistake. <laughs> <laughs> and so that's what we did. <laughs> Funny story. <laughs> so it, the, the short answer, it doesn't mean anything. <laughs> okay. So other question about you this time. So you read a lot. What kind of books do you have? Any suggestions for the audience? Uh, depending what in what areas. I don't know. You choose. Uh. <laughs> um, I just offered to my uh, daughter today, um, Never Split the Difference, great book about Chris Voss uh, about negotiation. Um, in other area, like uh, more for everyone, uh, The Hidden Life of Trees, really good book. Usually I don't read that kind of books, but this one I really liked it. <laughs> Or, um, yeah. Okay. Uh, the Art thing, the, um, the art of a Strategy, I think I, we offered you this book. Uh, we offered one. books to, every year we offer books to employees. Uh. Um, and uh, two years ago, we had two books per department. I don't remember R&D, but I think R&D received the book, uh, The Art of Strategy. No, for me, it was The Hidden Life of the Ah, yeah, yeah, okay. yeah, I still haven't read it, but it's in my shelf. Ah, you have to, uh, it's quite it's, cool. It's waiting for me. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> okay. Um, it's part of a culture. We want people to evolve. And I think reading books is a good way to evolve. Mm -hmm. So we still have today in our process, when we recruit an employee, so we had an issue. Uh, I, want, I, always, I always have wanted people to read more because I believe in the fact that you evolve well, as you read good books. And there are plenty of bad books, but if you read a good one, you can evolve a lot. Mm -hmm. 
Um, and so we offered books at the beginning to employees telling them, hey, read these books, it's great. And nobody was reading them like you did. <laughs> you didn't read it. I, I thought it was waiting in my shelf. Okay. There, I have a shelf just for that, just for the books so that I'm waiting for. So we had this issue. Me. And the way I, 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 I solved this issue was to say, okay, we'll, we'll offer the books to the employees before they join the company. Mm -hmm. So when you sign your contract, before you joined, you receive two books by, uh, by post that we send to every new uh, employee. And now they are reading it. It's like you have a pressure. Hey, guy, you are coming to <laughs> us. <laughs> so they have a pressure before joining the company. And now they read the book. And, and often I hear people saying, ah, I read the book. It's, it's great. So it, it works to offer them before they join. <laughs> cool. Cool. So uh, maybe that's part of the answer. But, uh, to, but other question, how do you disconnect from, from, from work? So is reading one of the ways you do it? Or are there, is there anything? Uh, I don't want to disconnect. Uh, I mean, to do what we do, we have to be obsessed. And I, most people will see that negatively, but it's actually quite cool. I mean, when you love something, you can do it like it's like a, a tennis uh, sportsman that's at high level. He will do tennis all the time and because yeah. he likes, not because. Yeah, of, I think it depends the way you're, you're it depends of, uh, on your personal relationship. With yeah, your but work. for me, at least, I'm obsessed about the do and in a good way. Uh, so I don't really need to disconnect. Actually, sometimes I get bored when I disconnect. Mm -hmm. <laughs> uh, I mean, changing the world is cool, uh, transforming companies is great. So why would you do something uh, else? Going on the <laughs> on, on, on beach is, is boring <laughs> compared to, to what we do and what the impact we have at Odoo. <laughs> That's a developer answer. Uh, <laughs> I agree. Okay. Um, uh, any source of inspiration? I mean, in your, in your personal life, a public figure you like to listen to? or No. Um, there are people I liked, I, books I, they read I liked. But I think we get the inspiration from the people we work with, mm -hmm. whether it's our developers or product owners uh, or consultants or sales or working with the community. I think all what made us today and me specifically is the relationship I had with everyone. And because of the fact that we are quite open and transparent, we can have good discussions with everyone, pretty much everyone. Um, and that's forced us and me. Uh, so, yeah. It's a sum of small thing. It's not like there, there is one guy I really like. It's a sum of oh, it's a, it's small. It's a very uh, good answer. <laughs> uh, everyone will be, will be very pleased about that. You know, do I? I'm sure. But uh, uh, so, okay. So I have a trick question then. Yeah. If you had to work for another company that, than Odoo, and let's imagine Odoo doesn't exist at all, then you have to pick a company. Uh, uh, um, first, I would pick a developer job. Mm -hmm. That's something I miss. Mm -hmm. I mean, uh, <laughs> development is cool. Management is boring. Mm -hmm. <laughs> <laughs> uh, so I would try to develop something, uh, which is probably probably an open source company and uh, a product that I like, which means as an impact, doesn't have to be management, could be a B2C or whatever. But if I am a developer in a product I like, I think I will be happy. Okay. Okay. That's a good answer. <laughs> All right. So we are reaching the end of this episode. So I don't know if you have something you want to add for the listeners um, yeah keep subscribing because uh, episode 2 will be great I guess hey that's that's, that's my line <laughs> that's <what you're> <laughs> alright so uh, Fabien said it uh, uh, don't forget to comment uh, uh, to, to like to subscribe click the little bell if there is one on the platform you're it's using it's not YouTube huh? uh, I don't know uh, I don't know is there a bell on the thing we, you're we using we have now? to learn the job uh, okay uh, uh, whatever uh, uh, subscribe where you can uh, and uh, see you soon again in the next episode of Planet Odoo Thank you.